Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. Let's give the Lord a cheer. Amen. Actually, let's give him some praise. Hallelujah. Come on, isn't he amazing? Isn't God good? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Before you're seated, just turn and smile at somebody. Amen. And say, I'm so glad you're here today. You're looking good. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated. Take a little bit to get around here, but amen. Good to see everybody here this morning. And uh, uh, every, anybody like that teaser we got this week for spring? And uh, amen. So I'm talking to some of my friends that live down south and tell them, oh my goodness, we had temperatures over 60. We, we, we didn't know what to do with ourselves. And then, and then it goes right back to the average, right? 45 degrees or whatever it is, but uh, aren't you glad that no matter what's going on, uh, however the temperature is, God's so good, and we can, uh, we can still enjoy it. And that, that, that's so wonderful about living in Pennsylvania. We, we're used to it. I have friends that come up from the south, and they need big coats and all that stuff, and it's 60 degrees, and we're like, we're in minus 10. Come on. We got this. And... Uh, Anyway, so I'm so thankful for that. And good to see everybody here today, those of you joining us online. So God bless you. We just pray that maybe something that in the next few moments and something we've done or said will touch your heart and really just open your lives up to God's favor and blessing in your life. And so, uh, so good to see everybody here today. I want to encourage everybody here that's uh, here today at the end of the service, just ask the Lord to use you. And as you're going and leaving, uh, just ask the Lord, say, Lord, maybe there's a need I can meet today in somebody that's in the building that maybe you'll just use me to meet their need today. I want to be a vessel that you can move through. How many would say, lift your hand to heaven and say, I want to be a vessel that God can use. And so today we have that opportunity. We're in the house of the Lord. We're with other believers, but that doesn't mean we don't have needs and we didn't come with issues and didn't come with things. But how many know the Bible says the body ministers to itself? I'm waiting for the preacher. I'm waiting for the music. I'm waiting for this hot. No, the Bible says a body ministers to itself. So I hope you came today ready to minister to somebody else. Amen. And aren't you glad that what we do here on Sunday is a celebration, just kind of recharge our batteries for the work that needs to be done out there in our city, in our community, in our area. So, amen. Let's pray this morning and just ask the Lord to bless our time. Lord, we just thank you today, Lord, for your goodness. Once again, Lord, your mercies are brand new this morning. And I'm rejoicing because of it, Lord. No matter what's going on in our lives, we can rejoice because you are good. We don't understand a lot of things, but one thing I do know, Lord, you are good. And you work all things together for the good of those that love you, Lord. And so we love you today. And we're just letting you know that. Lord, bless our time in the Word. and Help us encourage us, strengthen our faith in you today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Aren't you glad the Bible says that Jesus himself said he came to give life and life more abundantly. Amen. That if we'll seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, then all these things shall be what? Added unto you. Aren't you glad that God is a God of addition and multiplication? Two people, that's awesome. And uh, maybe you have so many more blessings in your life you can't handle it. The rest of us, we just are praising God because, amen, how many thankful that He's a God that adds and, and multiplies. Amen. Yes, He is. And uh, we see that in the life of Jesus and and uh, he's not a God that subtracts and divides. He's a God that adds and multiplies. Is that true? 
Amen. And he never gives, you know, takes anything or asks you to give anything that he doesn't give you something better. Amen. Aren't you glad today we live in a cancel culture, as they call it? But I'm, I'm glad that Jesus canceled my sin, but he didn't stop there. He gave me life and life more abundantly. Amen. And he gives me something better than what I gave up. Amen. And so I'm thankful for that today. And you may be living in this cancel culture. In fact, I just heard this, uh, saw this meme. It was kind of interesting that they're canceling the scarecrow in the Wizard of Oz because uh, he's offending people with no brains. So I didn't. Know if you heard that, but you know, but aren't you glad that, amen, we live in a kingdom, uh, you know, and in Jesus that He adds and He multiplies, amen. He gives you back better than what you had before, amen. And so I'm thankful for that today. And that's just one of the things I'm thanking God for, amen. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. I want to talk to you about the promise of God's presence. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19. <clears throat> I'll start there. I'm going to read out of the uh, King James Version, or we call it the King Jesus Version, however you want to put that today. And so uh, just something that we um, talked about last week. We talked to, finished up a, a real short series on transformed life and, and uh, out of Romans chapter 12. And the whole chapter really we went through. And just really Paul kind of goes into another uh, extension of this teaching of the transformed life. I'm not going to talk about that, but he gives us a picture of something that's so amazing, so awesome that uh, we just, I want to just bring it up again. And how many know as Christians we need to talk about some things that we, we may not already know. We might have heard them before, but isn't it good to remind ourselves of something, right? And that's what Paul says. I'm going to remind you of something. In Ephesians chapter 2, he says this in verse 19. Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints of the household of God. And are built up upon us on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building is fitly framed together, growing, or grows, it means to grow, unto the holy temple in the Lord. That's interesting. And in whom also you also build up together for a habitation of God through the Spirit or of the Spirit. Habitation means a dwelling of God. Uh, so this is what he's talking about. He's talking about the habitation or the dwelling of God, God's presence. How many know where God's presence is? That's where God is. I don't know about you, but I want to be where God is, not where God was. It's, it's good to be where God was every once in a while and think about where God was. But how many know we want to be where God is? Amen. And in his presence is where God is. And he's talking about the presence of God. And so we begin to, as you, you unfold this and unwrap what Paul's talking about, talking about our lives before Jesus and now who we are in Christ. You know, and we go back to the very beginning. The intention of God was, of course, relationship with us. But it was about a, an intimate relationship. And it was about really this, this, this intention that God had from the very beginning that hasn't changed. And that is that we would walk in His presence. That we would walk with Him. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. Aren't you glad that God walks with us? It wasn't just a one-time deal. You just didn't make a decision and then on, you're on your own. How do you know the Bible says He's with us? Amen. Amen. God's with us. And, and the promises that we have of God's presence are so amazing. And he uses the word dwelling place or the habitation of God. That we are the habitation where God lives, where God hangs out, where God's presence is. He said, you are that. You are that person. You're that place where God is. So I want to just bring out a couple points today about the relationship we have in the Lord. The covenant that he's made with us and the promises that we have 
in Jesus Christ. Amen. So as, as we're talking about, and that is the promises of God's presence. And so here they are. Let me give them to you. Two things we want to cover today, and that is the promises of God's presence are, number one, to be with us, and then number two, to be in us. From the very beginning, God said, I want to be with you. I want to walk with you. We see this in Adam. He came down the cool of the day and he walked with Adam. And the presence of God was not just God being in heaven and talking from heaven, but coming down and walking with man physically, being with us. Aren't you glad that when Jesus was born, the Bible says he was Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. He walked among us. How many believe that Jesus came? Amen. That Jesus came and He lived. He was God manifested in the flesh and He walked with us. And so I just want to give you this promise today that God is with you. Amen. Some of you may need to say that as you wake up or even right now you just need to say that and say, God is with me. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is with you. Amen. God is with you today. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, I want you to know today that God is with you. Aren't you glad for God's presence? So, well, I needed to get to church. If I don't get to church, then I don't have God's presence. No, we're under the new covenant. The Bible says the veil has been rent. Amen. And they said wherever we go, we're carrying God's presence. I believe that God's presence isn't in a tabernacle somewhere in Jerusalem like it was years ago. The Bible says that He's in our hearts now. Amen. And He made this promise that He's with us. And so from the very first encounter that man had with God... He saw him face to face in this relationship and God said, I'm with you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to talk with you. And so as we look at this promise of God being with us, uh, just a couple things is one of the things that God wanted to, to do is he wanted to connect with us. The first thing I see is that God wanted to connect with man. He wanted us to connect with him and he wanted to connect with us. All through the Old Testament, you'll see, and, and, and really God's intention, if you, if you see his heart and you read through those scriptures and you look through the, the kind of the, the meanings of those scriptures, you'll see that God wanted to live among them. God was always about, I want to be among you. I want to be in the center of the camp. I want, how many know God doesn't want to be on the outside somewhere? He wants to be in the center. I want to be among you. I want to be, I want to be with you. I, want to, I just want to be with you. You're my people. I'm your God. I want to be with you. Aren't you glad that God just wants to be with you? Some of you can't even imagine that God wants to spend time with you. You're sleeping and you're snoring and there's drool coming out your mouth and God's just like, I can't wait for you to wake up. I want to be with you. Amen. That he wants to spend time with us. That he wants to be with us. How many like to be with people that want you around? <laughs> that always feels good, doesn't it? It I feels uncomfortable and awkward to be in a room where people don't want you there. <laughs> or ignore you, right? You're standing there and nobody sees you. Hello, here I am. Amen. But how many know God wants to be with you? Aren't you glad for that? Man, he said, I'm interested in what you have to say today. I'm interested in, in you listening to me today. And, and I've got something great for you today. I mean, no, this is about relationship, isn't it? Amen. And how many know when a husband and wife feel that way about each other, they're going to have a wonderful marriage. They're going to have a successful marriage. When they really want to be together. Amen. When it's not just a necessary evil. Well, we've got to be together for the kids or tax purposes. We're together. Come on. Amen. But we're, we love being together. Amen. Aren't you glad that somebody likes you? They like you around? Well, God likes you. God likes you around. Amen. God wants to be around you because he wants to connect with you. And all through the scriptures, you see that God wanted to be with his people. He just wanted to be with them. He wanted to be around them. And, he, and so he said, you know, he, he said, just build me a place that I can be because I want to be with you. 
And so that's what that word habitation means, a place where I can live, a place where I can dwell. And when Jesus said, I've come to seek and save the lost, what was he talking about? Well, we know he was talking about people, but really he was talking about a lost relationship. I'm here to seek and save a broken relationship, a lost relationship, because God wants to be with people so much and have people be with Him that He's going to send His only begotten Son to die on the cross that we can be with Him forever. Aren't you glad for that? A couple more people. Amen. We're getting excited about heaven today. That's awesome. So I'm here, and so, you know, as we see that Jesus said, I'm here to seek and save that which was lost, which was lost relationship. We know that's what salvation's all about. And so we see that one of the, the things, if you study about the Old Testament and you dig into the meaning of presence, what does that mean for presence? What does that mean? Well, it means face-to-face. That's why relationship is so important to God, because it's face-to-face. I mean, you know, we need, in this day, in this age, we need a face-to-face relationship. You, how many you can't, you can't you can't text you can't there's just certain things you can't text or, or email you, you just can't hear it from people you just, how many know sometimes you just got to be face to face is that right I don't know marriage a marriage can't be built on just texting you've got to spend time together you've got to be face to face together and there's times where your husband or your wife say can you put that device down for a second I'm over here you know you know. How many have ever texted your, your partner, you're, you're in the kitchen, they're in the dining room, what do you want to eat? How many have ever done that? Come on, amen. But how many, know, yeah. <laughs> I, I do it all the time. And so my wife's like, where are you at? I'm like, I'm on this couch. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You know, I'm right here, no. And, um, but we, we, you know, there's something about face to face and going on a date or whatever. And that's what it was all about when we first got together. Well, that's what the word presence means. It mean, God's presence, we think it means, you know, this feeling of, of being in the presence of God and I feel this awesome and, and we start prophesying and people falling out. and all. How many know that, that's just, a, that's just a, 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 a kind of a, a side thing. That's just kind of a, a result of God's presence. But God's presence is about face to face. It's about spending time with us and connecting with us. And so that's what it means in the Old Testament, face to face. And he said, I want you to build me a place where I can spend quality time with you face to face. I want my presence to be in your midst. And how many know it's our will and our desire that we need to come to the place where you say, God, I want your presence in my life. Not only does God want us in his presence, but we want God's presence in our life. We want that face to face encounter. How many can lift your hand to heaven and say, I honestly had an encounter with God. It was like a face-to-face encounter with God. How many even now, you say, even maybe this morning, it was like a face-to-face encounter with the living God. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that awesome that God can come down and, and you can experience God on, a, on a, such a personal level, such an intimate level as a face-to-face level? Now, some of us, God gets right in our space and it gets a little awkward. And it gets a little uncomfortable. I don't know about you, but you know, if someone stands too close, you're like, you got to back away. You, you just, you got, how many, know, have you ever been there? You know, or someone, you know, they like to, you know, they're a close talker or whatever, or they like to show you things and they put it right in your face. Kids do that. Look at this picture I drew. And you're like, can you back away? You're in my space. I need my. And how many know, God that never tells us, I need my space. Aren't you glad that God never says, come back tomorrow, I need my space? 
You never bug God. You never irritate the Lord when you're coming to Him and just want to be with Him and talk to Him. Aren't you glad for that? He's not an irritated parent. He's not a short-tempered parent. Come on, He's not this father that gets annoyed when I need my space. I'm, I'm watching the events of the global here and the world and, and I'm, I'm, you know, sit over here and I'm sitting in my lazy boy. How many know God never does that? God said, He always has time for us. He always has time. Is anybody listening this morning? God loves when we come before Him. He loves, the, the Bible says in Psalms, He loves the prayers of His saints. He loves it when we approach. And you can never bug God. You can never irritate Him. You can never spend too much time with Him. That is an amazing relationship, isn't it? Have you ever met anybody like that? No, because only God can be like that. And that's why as our marriage, we want to be more like God, don't we? We want to be the type of person that we don't get irritated when someone wants to spend time with us. We want to spend more and more time together. Amen. And so it means face-to-face, in person. The word presence. I love that. It just means face-to-face. And so, you know, one of the pictures, he says the habitation here. And he says that in the New Testament, but he's referring back to something else. And he talks about constantly, Paul does, and he does his teachings on, and I'm going to get into it in 1 Corinthians, but... He goes back to the the temple. He goes back to that picture of the tabernacle of Moses. And he goes back to that. And how many know that that picture of the tabernacle? You know, you have the tent, and there's, you know, you go into the, there's the outer court and the inner court and the Holy of Holies. And one of the things the Bible says that in one of the rooms was a table. And on that table, there was bread. And there was 12 pieces of that unleavened bread. And it represented the 12 tribes of Israel, God's promises to them. And and, uh, did you know that was called showbread? Right? Amen. It's the, the showbread. And so that's what it's called, the bread of the, the showbread or the table of showbread. And you had to have the table and it was overlaid with gold and you had to have it so much right. And there was a, 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 you know, a plate there and they had to put the bread in a certain way. It represented the tribes, the way they were laid out. You know? And you know, all that was done to reveal that God was with them. Did you know that? Why? Because the, the word there in uh, the, the, the Old Testament where it talks about the table of the presence. When you talk about the table of showbread, it talks about the table of the presence that actually housed what they called the, the bread of presence. Because it was supposed to be put before the face of God. Amen. And so when you, when you would go in there and the priest would do that, and, the, and it speaks of communion as well, that we, we experience this relationship with the Lord and we remind ourselves every time we take communion of the intimate relationship we've had with God through Jesus Christ. Is anybody listening? And it's that bread of presence. And every time we take that bread, we can say, Lord, I thank you that you're the God that is with us. Amen. You came down in human form and you died on the cross and you were God with us. And, and how many know that when we take that bread and drink that juice is also a sign that God is still with us? He's still with us. And so that's called the bread of presence or the bread of face. Wow. The show bread, the bread of presence. And so every time you're taking that, it was God saying, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm, I'm here with you. And every once in a while, the Bible says that the, there would be a pillar of cloud that would hang over the Holy of Holies because God was in the midst. God was there. And every time they saw that, they said, God is in the Holy of Holies. God is with us. God is there. We can see where God is. And then the Bible says when they went by night, there was a pillar of fire that led them. And guided them and gave them light. And, and how many know that in the, during the day there was, a cloud of, uh, there was a cloud that would lead them and go over them and protect them and show them the way? How many know that was God saying, I'm with you? 
And then when you went into the Holy of Holies and there was that mercy seat, he said, I want to talk with you. I want to connect with you. I want to commune with you because I'm with you. And so aren't you glad that there's still a pillar of fire going with us today? Still he's that cloud going with us today, letting us know that he's protecting us. He's guiding us. He's leading us. He's with us. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for that today. So not only to connect with us, but to communicate with us, as we talked about. And we got in that mercy seat. He said, you had to build the mercy seat a certain way and you had to do it this way and that way because that's where I want to meet with you. That's where I want to communicate with you. And he said, Moses, I'm going to tell you things there. The priest, I'm going to tell them there. When God would take Moses up to a mountain, he said there was a specific place that I want to communicate with you and I want to tell you certain things and gave him the, the, the law and also other places he would talk with them and he would say, I want to tell you things. How many know God wants to tell you things? God wants to talk to you. God wants to tell us things. And so many times we're looking and running to other ministries and pastors and prophets for, for God to talk to us. But how many know He wants to talk to you in your heart every day? Amen. Through His Word, He's talking to you because He wants to build this relationship with you. He want, not only wants to connect with you, but He wants to communicate with you. He wants to say, listen, I've got something to tell you. How many have ever just sat in God's presence and not even said anything and God just started speaking to you? You didn't even ask for anything. You didn't even ask for answers. God just started speaking to you. How many have ever just got up and God just started speaking to you? You knew the Lord was talking to you. In fact, He told you to get out, get out of bed. <laughs> right? Amen. How many appreciate that the Lord talks to you? How many believe that God will talk to you in the most important times in your life? In the, you know, and there's times we want to run and we want to talk to people and talk our friends and our family. We want to get online. We want to search things. We, but in those times, we've got to learn to talk to the Lord and listen for God to talk to us. In such a crazy world and today, it's hard to get time, isn't it, that you can be quiet and just listen. But how many know it's important to, to listen because God is talking to us? And God wants to speak to us. And God wants to tell us, not just you know, here in church or, or through the Word or through a pastor, but God wants to talk to us every day, to our hearts. And that's why it's important. Someone said, don't say God isn't talking to you if your Bible is closed. How many know when your Bible's open, God starts speaking to you more? And so every day we come into the God's presence and we say, God, I'm here to meet with you face to face, to commune with you, to communicate with you. And so that's the promise of the presence of God, that I will talk with you. I will, amen, communicate with you. I'm so thankful for that, amen. But again, I just want to point this out. It's not just God being with us. It's us being with God. That, that's part of the covenant that we come into with God. How many know when you got baptized, you made a covenant, you made a promise with the Lord? You, you said, Lord, I'm going to follow you every day that I have. I'm living. I'm going to be your disciple. I'm going to be yours. But it's not just you loving me. Now, Lord, I'm loving you. It's not you communicating with me. Now it's me communicating with you. It's not you being with me. Now it's me being with you. Let me know the Song of Solomon says, I am my beloved's and he is mine. That's the kind of relationship we have with the Lord. Thank God that He tells us what to do. He tells us, He leads us, He gives us instruction. But there's times that we need to talk with Him. There's times that we need to be with Him. You know, God told Moses one time, you read it, and you'll see in the, in the book of Exodus, He spoke to Moses and He said, called him from up top of the mountain, and He said, I want you to come up to the mountain and just be here. All right, what do you want me to, what do, you want me to do? What do you want me to do? No, He said, I want you to just be here. 
Read it, read it in, in the book of Exodus. He said, called him up to the hill and he said, I want you to just be there. How many know sometimes you just need to be there? You just need to be in God's presence. And especially when you're going through something that's overwhelming you. And you weren't designed to carry that. You weren't, it wasn't really made for you to figure this out and work through it yourself. You've got to be in God's presence. And there's just times that I just said, God, I give this to you. I can't do this anymore. But how many know you've got to be there? In order for God to talk to you, sometimes you just got to be there. Amen. And I know God speaks to you in many ways, but there's times you just got to be in His presence. And I believe that if we shut the door of fellowship with the Lord, we'll begin to feel more isolated, more incomplete, more, more insecure about ourselves. Is that right? Amen. And there's just something about more insufficient. But, you know, when you're fellowshipping with the Lord and you have that line of communication open with the Lord... You know, it's just almost like you just feel so satisfied. You feel complete. I've, even though you don't have the answers, you still have peace. Why? Because there's that fellowship. There's that communication. How many know, even when God doesn't talk to you when you want Him to talk to you and give you the answer when you want the answer, how many know you can still say, God, you're with me? I still am in your presence. You don't have to even feel the presence of God to be in the presence of God. How many know when you're at work, you just don't feel it all the time? You know, you're, you know, whatever, you're busy, whatever. But how many know, aren't you still glad that you can say, God, I'm glad you're with me today. I'm still glad, Lord, that you're, you know. So many times people uh, act like they're, they're still, uh, you know, they were addicted to drugs and in the world. Now they come in the kingdom and they're addicted to a feeling of his presence. You don't need to be addicted to a feeling of his presence. You need to just have confidence. Lord, you said you'd be with me. You'd never leave me nor forsake me. I thank you, Lord, that even when I'm at work and, and I'm busy and I'm doing this, you're still with me. Amen. Is that right? And you still want to talk with me. And so one of the things I want to encourage you is learn to hear God in busy times. Learn to hear God in difficult times. Learn to hear the Lord in very strenuous, frustrating times. Learn to hear God's voice. Don't be so quick just to, just to quit. And don't be so quick to, to give up and just say, you know what? I tried. didn't work. How many know there's times you just got to walk through it? And eventually God begins to speak to you about some things. Amen? So I want to encourage you. And then the third thing is not just does he connect with us or communicate, but he wants to comfort us. He wants to comfort us and says, I'm with you. I'm going to comfort you. Aren't you glad that when Jesus spoke of the Holy Spirit, he said the comforter. The comforter. It's like Jesus said, it's like I never left. It's going to be like I never left. I'm going to be with you. I'm still going to be with you. And, for, and in fact, he said, it's going to be forever. The, the comforter is going to be with you forever. Is that right? Is that what Jesus said? He's going to be with you. It's as if I never left the earth. That's what it means to walk with the Holy Ghost. Amen. To comfort us. You know, one of the things that I, I, I the words that have really come up again and again this last year is loneliness. And they, and they said even before COVID-19, they said one of the things they found out that almost 60% of all Americans feel lonely. And they feel isolated. And, and, you know, I think it's the average person on Facebook has about 500 friends, but only consider three to be their closest friends. And yet we live in such a, a, a connected world, and so, so many people feel so disconnected. You know, we're looking for love, and we're longing for likes, and we're all these things. But how many know that only Jesus can satisfy? Amen. Jesus said, I'm going to be with you. I'm never going to leave you. God promised us way, way back. He said, I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. Aren't you glad that he doesn't leave us or forsake us, especially when we're in pain 
or, or you know, it, whatever, you mess up, or some people feel like they can't come back to the Lord because I messed up too bad. How many know those are the times you need to call out to God the most? David said, in my trouble, I will call out to you. People wait till they get so, oh, everything in, in order and my life is so perfect and I'm such a great, awesome Christian and then God will listen to me. No, David said, in the midst of my trouble, you will hear me. Amen. And so he's there to comfort us and he's there to, uh, I like that uh, there's a book that A.W. Tozer wrote. It's called When Saints Walk Alone. And he saw this in the scriptures of all the men and women of God who walked alone at one time or the other. The Bible says that Adam, when, when God had left, he walked alone. He wasn't in the garden anymore. God used to walk with him, didn't. Enoch walked alone. Noah walked alone. Moses, at times, walked alone. At times, it, he brings us out that Abraham and David and Elijah and Gideon and Joseph and even Jesus walked alone. So how many know if, if those men of God and, and even the Son of God walked alone, there's times that we can walk alone and God can still be with us. There's times we feel that loneliness, we feel that isolation, but we need to say in those times, God, you're with me. That's what's important. You're with me. I may not feel you. I may not have heard an answer for a long time. I may have not heard your voice in a long time, but I have got to say with all my heart, you're not going to leave me. You promised me your presence. Amen. I like what uh, Pastor Shane, a, a friend of ours, Shane Spears, brought out. And he preached back at Christmas that God was with us. He brought out that scripture, Emmanuel, God with us. And he talked about withness. That's what it means. There is a withness. He is with us. Amen. And so how many know we need to be a witness of the witness, witness of God? Amen. That he's with us. Yeah, I can't say that too many times. So, and so I see this, and so I, I feel like, you know, we need to know that separation and isolation from God were dissolved in Jesus Christ. And so no matter what do we go through, we feel lonely. We, we do feel lonely, and there's times we are lonely. There are absolutely times that you are lonely. But how many know God is with you? And that's where we just need to get past trying to feel something and trying to understand it with our mind and just let our hearts have faith and say, God, you, you said you would never leave me. You would never forsake me. And I thank you, Lord, that even though I'm walking alone, just like these men of God, and I saw in the Bible, men and women of God, it's not forever. It's only a season. How many know there's times you just need to tell yourself, this is just a season. This is only a season. Come on. Amen. This is going to pass. This is this is come to pass. Amen. And so, amen. So I want to just encourage you that any kind of feelings of loneliness or isolation or abandonment need to be dissolved in Jesus Christ. The fact that He came is witness enough that He's with you. Amen. And I, I want to also encourage you uh, not to get so conditioned for isolation. We've seen isolation this last year because we've had to get away and step away and quarantine and stay in our homes and do this and do that. And, and you know, but, but we shouldn't get conditioned for isolation. We're the people of God. We're the members of the body of Christ. We need each other. We need the church. We need, come on, we need one another. We have to have that support in our lives. And some people just get conditioned for isolation. They don't want to be around people. And then they wonder why they don't feel the Lord a lot. They don't hear God and they don't see His presence in their life. Amen. Because they get conditioned for isolation. But I also want to encourage you that you shouldn't measure God's presence or God's love by your circumstances. Don't measure God's presence or God's love for you by your emotions. Come on, somebody. 
You may, not, you may feel overwhelmed and feel uh, so uh, uh, isolated and so away from everything and everybody. But amen. Listen, you need to have faith. Let your faith, amen, be strong in the Lord. That's what Ephesians chapter 6 teaches us, to be strong in the Lord and our faith and know that God is with us. Amen. And so that's what the presence means, the God who shows up, the God who's with us. Aren't you glad that we see in the Old Testament so many times when they were facing the enemy, God said, I'll be with you. You're outnumbered 10 to 1, and I'm going to be with you. How many of them could have been scared? They could have doubted. They could have surrendered to the enemy. But they said, we're going to have confidence that God spoke, that he's with us. Amen? And, and it's also, the presence not only means face to face, but the presence also means the God who shows up when we need him. He said, I'm never going to leave you or forsake you, but Jesus said he, the Holy Ghost is going to abide with you forever. He's the God that shows up. In fact, Jesus said when you're brought before the councils and they start questioning you and persecuting you, he said, don't even give thought to what you're going to say. Don't even do a, a speech about what you're going to say. He said, because in that moment, I'm going to give you the words to say. I'm the God that shows up. Amen. How many know that Peter and, and, and Silas, they found themselves in prison? Amen. And they could have really started getting depressed and thinking about how bad things were. But they started singing praise to God and all of a sudden God showed up. Amen. How many are thankful he's the God that shows up? When we begin to worship and we begin to focus on him, there's something that happens that God begins to show up right in the middle, right in the trouble. Come on, right in the water, right in the storm. God shows up right in the middle. So have faith today that he's the God that shows up. Because not only is he with us, and the last thing is, is that he is in us. In Ephesians chapter 2, in, in the last verse, we, we read this, In whom we also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit, or a dwelling place. A dwelling place. Someone said something that I heard recently, I believe it was Leonard Ravenhill said, that Christianity is the only religion that declares that his God comes and lives in him. Habitation. Aren't you, isn't that amazing? That our God didn't say, I'm just going to give you this and bless you with rain and this and that. He said, I'm going to live in you. I'm not only going to be with you, I'm going to be in you. I'm going to live in you. That's amazing. So maybe we shouldn't ask people if they're Christians or if they know God. Maybe we should ask people if God is in them. That might be a better question. Is Jesus in you? How many know that makes some people think? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Amen. A lot of people think they're Christians, but when you ask them, is God in you? Is God living in you? Because that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's not just God coming with us. As Jesus said, the Holy Spirit, He dwells with you, but He what shall be in you. And I talked about the experience of the day of Pentecost, and He said, He's going to come and He's going to live in you. And this is the promise that we have from the Old Testament that God was not just going to be with them and dwell among them, but He was going to be in them. That's part of the new covenant that we have. That's part of the, the covenant that Jesus made on the cross that was sealed at the cross that God was not just going to be with us. It was God with us, but now it was going to be God in us. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Amen. I'm so thankful for that. So everything that God is is on the inside of us and everything that He, he does is on the inside of us. Amen. And so this, this is one of the things as I'm reading through this and I'm reading the Old Testament, I read the New Testament, I realize this. And as Paul, I'm going to get into it, and 1 Corinthians teaches us, is that we were designed to house the presence of God. He said, I'm not looking for a building now. Now I'm not looking for a building. You are the building that I was searching for in the Old Testament. 
Is that right? Now we are that building, that habitation. That's why in Ephesians he calls it a habitation. He's talking about a structure. Notice what he says in, in those verses that we read in chapter 2. He says he talks about you're the building that's fit together. There's a framing. He's talking about a structure, isn't he? The habitation, that's a structure, that's a place. That's an absolute, uh, actual place where God wants to dwell. In the Old Testament, God said, build me a place where I can live. Now in the New Testament, we are the place in which he wants to live. We are that tabernacle. We are that habitation. We are that place. In fact, the, one of the three songs of Moses in Exodus chapter 15, in the second verse, he says this. He said, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare Him a habitation. My Father's God, I will exalt Him. Amen. And so then we see also in the book of Ezekiel, talked about this. He said in Ezekiel 37, he said, this is my dwelling place. He's talking about you. you this is my dwelling place. Uh, it will be with them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. My dwelling place will be with them. And then he talked about how he would write his words on our hearts and that he would give us a heart of flesh. And he's talking about coming inside of us, isn't he? Amen. How many know he's the God that dwells in us? He's the God that dwells in us and he lives in us. And so the Bible makes it clear that we are that habitation. We are his temple. We are the tabernacles it talks about. When you read about the tabernacle of Moses and you read about the tabernacle of David, when you read about the temple of Herod and the temple of Solomon, that's a picture of you. Did you know that? Well, that's, oh, that's Jerusalem. That's, oh, that's the third temple they're building. No, no, that's you. You are the habitation. You are that temple. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, the inner court and the outer court and the inner court and the holy of holies and the, the goatskins and all, that was a picture of you. And he said, now, he said, you are that habitation God is looking for to live in. Isn't it important that we're just filled with God? Isn't it important that we say, God, I want everything that you have for me. I want to be filled with you. Lord, you're not just with me. I thank you for your promise of presence that you are inside of me. That's why you can have peace and confusion. That's why you can have joy in the midst of sorrow because Jesus is on the inside. It's not something you're trying to just put on. It's something you have inside. That's what he says. And so Jesus spoke of the presence of God twice. And he said it this way. He said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. Talking about the Old Testament and the, and the children of Israel. He said, but I am that bread. I am the bread of heaven, he says. I'm the bread of light. He said, if you, you take it, and you, he, in another place he said it about the communion, that if you take it, if you, you take the bread and drink the blood, he said, he said this, you will live in me and I will live in you. Isn't that amazing? Again, talking about communion, going back to the table of showbread, the table of presence, the bread of presence. Jesus also referred to himself. He said this, I'm the bread of life. And so when we know that when we eat the bread and digest it, it becomes part of you. That's what Jesus was saying. In fact, he said, this becomes part of you. I will dwell in you. You will dwell in me. This becomes part of you. How many know that when we eat the word of God, when we read the word of God, it not just sustains us, but it changes us because it becomes a part of us. Amen. Jesus becomes a part of us. We become a part of Him. And so that's what, and then Jesus spoke of the Holy Spirit in John 14. Again, the promise of the Father. And He said this, and then He said, But you know Him, the world doesn't know Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and He shall be in you. That's the promise of the Father talking about the day of Pentecost. Habitation. In Ephesians chapter 2, He uses that word habitation. Also means temple. It means a living space. Aren't you glad that you are God's living space? How many know God lives in space and time? 
I mean, there are just galaxies and galaxies and galaxies. We play the game, uh, I forget what the name of the game is, but it's basically they give you some facts and then you have to guess and whoever gets closest wins, right? Something like that. And so they're asking about galaxies and how many galaxies, our Milky Way, and how, how you know, it, from one end to the, to the next, how big it is. Well, we, I, I guess like, I don't know, a gazillion miles or something, but I wasn't even close. I mean, no, there's galaxies upon galaxies and universes and all these things and God lives there. And yet he chooses to also live in you. He wants you to be that temple. And it wasn't just a place where we can say, oh, God's everywhere. Yeah, he's all over. He's in the wind and the trees. He's everywhere. No, it's specifically talking about when the temple was built, the moment the temple was built, Solomon, he said, I came. The Spirit of the Lord came and the glory filled the temple. I mean, that's what God wants to do in your life. God wants to fill your life. Was his Shekinah glory, his manifest glory, his presence. And I'm finishing today. Talks about your, you are the temple. In 2 Corinthians, just a couple of scriptures, if you're taking notes. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. He says this in verse 16 What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, again, he's quoting the Old Testament promise I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God. And they will be my people. One other place it says, I will walk in them. I will walk in them. And, and, and he's talking about worship. And how many know we also see this in holiness? Paul talks about uh, the lessons of holiness in 1 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, but also 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 6.19, he says, Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, which you are not your own, you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. He said it again, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And then uh, talking about our lifestyle, in 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says, Don't you know that you are the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God dwells in you. And if any man defile the temple of God, God will destroy it. For the temple of God is holy, which you are God's temple. So he's talking about spiritual and natural. He's talking about the worship and your lifestyle. He's talking about your faith and your actions, your heart and your behavior. How many know God wants it all, right? We talked about last week. And so he's saying that you are the temple. You are that place where God lives now. That's why it's important to keep the temple holy. Your body is the temple. You don't destroy the temple of God. You don't treat it common. You, you treat it, come on, with, with special care, don't you? And he said your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Now, I just want to throw this out there in closing that our bodies, he didn't say that our body, bodies are the palace of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Or the shack of the Holy Spirit. How many know you got to take care of your body, but you can't love your body too much? He said it's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Take care of it because that's where God dwells. That's an amazing, amazing concept, isn't it? Amazing truth, isn't it? God lives on the inside. Not just being with us. Not just comforting us. Not just connecting with us and communicating with us. But he said, I want to be in you. I want to be in you. I want to talk with you. I want to walk so that your behavior changes, so that you uh, kind of, we see the image of Jesus being formed in us. We see that transformed life happening because he is in us. Is that right? Amen. How many know transformation happens from the inside out? Is that right? How many believe that God is with us? Let me see your hand. You say, I believe God is with me. And how many can say God is in me? Amen. Can we stand on our feet today? Hallelujah. You know, in, in Ephesians, Paul also teaches us that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have God's presence, such a precious, awesome presence of God, holy presence of God 
in this very frail vessel, our lives. Is that right? So how many know we're going to really walk humbly before the Lord and say, God, I just want to be your vessel that you can move through. I thank you, Lord, that, that I don't have to feel you all the time and have all these goosebumps and, and all this. I, I just I have to know and just have faith today that you are with me because you gave me this promise of presence way back, Lord. When I got saved, I came into this covenant with Jesus Christ, amen, to, with God through Jesus Christ that said, I am with you and I'm in you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Some of you know what it is to be abandoned. You know what it is to be lonely. You know what it is to be rejected. You know what it is to be isolated. You know what that feels like. You know what that sensation is. And so the Bible says that our sins have separated us from our God. And Way back in the very beginning, the reason that Adam walked alone is because he fell from grace. He fell and he disobeyed the Lord and he fell into sin. And sin caused him to walk alone for a while. And you know, if you're walking in sin, you're not with the Lord. You're not in relationship with God. The Bible says you're separated. It's like a canyon. You can see God. You can know about God. You can hear about God, but you don't really know Him personally. Your sins are separating you from God. But aren't you glad that the cross was that bridge over that canyon? Jesus laid down His life on that cross and He made a way for you to go to God. That now that you can approach God and God can now live with you and you can be with God and He can be in you and you can be in Him. The Bible says that when we're baptized into Christ, we're baptized into His death. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. That not only is God in us, but we are in Him. So today that if you're listening and you say, I, I'm really separated from the Lord because of my sin. I want to I be in relationship with God. I want to come back to that original intent that God had from the very beginning that man would walk with God and talk with God and be so intimate, so face to face with God, but I'm not face to face. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, amen, the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. And so it's very important today that we, we, we know that there is a step that we need to take to get back to God. That's through Jesus Christ. How many can lift your hand to heaven and say, I've made that step. I've made that step. And I'm so thankful for His presence. Amen today. Amen. You're the bread of presence, God. You're the God who shows up. You're the God who connects with us and communicates with us and comforts us, God. You're the God that's promised that you will not just be with us, but in us. And so today, Lord, I don't want you just on the outside somewhere. And yeah, you're somewhere in my life. You're, you're, you know, you're inclusive. No, no, God, you're exclusive. You are in the center of my life. Your presence, just like that picture in the Old Testament where the tabernacle, where the fire came down and you met with them, was in the center of the tribes. Lord, you want, I want you to be in the center of my life today. I want you to be in the center of my circumstance. Be in the center of my, Lord, affairs, Lord. I thank you today. Can we just thank the Lord and celebrate the promise of presence today? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the promise of presence, Lord. Some of us are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. You said even in that moment you would be with us. Your rod and your staff would comfort us. That's your presence, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're there with us in the storm. You're there with us on the mountain, but also in the valley. You're there, Lord, when the crowds are around and like Jesus in the garden when nobody was around. I thank you, Lord, you're with us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah today. Amen. Before you leave, I just want you to know that the key is your willingness. Your willingness and your obedience to God. That's a key, isn't it? How many know you need to be willing to say, God, amen, I'm going to 
I'm going to be with you today. You got to be obedient to God's word to say, Lord, I'm going to put into practice your word. I'm going to get your word inside of me. One old timer said that, you know, when we, we get into the word, let the word get in you. When you carry the word, let the word carry you. Amen. Hallelujah. Because that's what God wants to do. So that's our key today is that willingness and obedience. The Bible says we'll eat the good of the land or we'll have God's promises. And so as we say, Lord, I'm willing and obedient, Lord, I'm going to have the promise of your presence today. Amen. Can we just lift our hands and worship God and say, Lord, I thank you today. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you today. Thank you for the promise of your presence today. And if you're not saved and born again today, say, I'm going to confess my sins before the Lord. I'm going to be washed from my sins. I'm a brand new person in Jesus Christ because of what he did at Calvary for me. Lord, I, I just pray that that would be you today. If that's you, maybe you can just communicate with us and give us a comment, whether it's on our YouTube channel or Facebook or just email our church. Let us know that you made an important decision to follow Jesus Christ for the first time today. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.